Welcome back, everybody, to a new edition of Three in the Key podcast. You know, this is Shane, as always, with my good buddies, John and Brendan. John, how was your weekend? Yeah, weekend was all right. Happy to be back for my third edition on Three in the Key with the boys. Uh, was in the Michelle O'Neill volleyball tournament. Great day down in Long Beach for all the kids. Uh, but happy to be here now. So how you guys doing? How you doing, Proper? Well, happy to have you back on the pod, John. This is this has been great. Uh, I'm potting from Cincinnati this week, traveling for work. But uh, you know, this is this is the passion project. So uh, the only shout out I got potting with full belly tonight had um, had uh, one of the best restaurants in, in Cincinnati on my my last week here. Uh, Pepin Dolores handmade pastas, highly recommend. So uh, you know, feeling feeling good. Shane, how about you? Anything anything new? No, um, yeah, just uh, ate at Westville in the city. It was pretty tasty, but uh, nothing like what you're you're explaining today. <laughs> and just happy to be back on, uh, you know, potting with the guys and to dive into, uh, you know, another edition of, you know, what we started last week with just, you know, NBA most improved player. We're going to be doing uh, – 2015-16 all the way back to 2011-12 and you know Brendan I don't know like can you give us a recap of what we went through last week yeah, yeah. I mean here on three in the key you get the hard hitting news you know the deep dive in historical bangers okay so we uh we, we went last week into the last five most improved players in the NBA and, and really to get a better understanding of this, um, this award and uh, what it means, how we can possibly predict who wins in the future. And if there's any consistency to it at all, or if it's strictly just some, you know, like random storyline, who the voters want. Um, and uh, yeah, so we, we got talking about Julius Randall, our most recent winner and, you know, Nick, Nick uh, Stronghold. Um, Moving backwards from there, Brandon Ingram won the uh, year before that, Pascal Siakam, Victor Oladipo, and Giannis. If you want to hear our takes, hit up last week's pod if you haven't already. We know at least 13 out of you have. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so I, I'm looking forward to seeing if we can learn a little more about these next five um, before possibly diving in a little deeper to the to the past. But um, And if you want to get us started on, the, on this week's 2015-2016, yeah, I could start. CJ McCollum uh, is the first guy we're going to speak on. He won the 2015 to 2016 award. Uh, he beat out a pretty impressive next three in Kemba Walker, Giannis, who won- ended up winning it the next year, uh, and Steph Curry, the the greatest player ever. <laughs> Damn right. Damn right. <laughs> um, but CJ McCollum is actually a good story. He's uh, was the 10th pick in the 2013 draft. So it was like his third or fourth year in the league when he won. Um, and actually he has a pretty interesting backstory. He was very undersized. Uh, and there's a great picture. I don't know if we can make it to clip art for the actual podcast. But uh, yeah, once we make it to YouTube, we can start doing clip art. Oh, we'll get that. <laughs> Definitely look it up. And he was an uh, undersized guard, just relied heavily on his athleticism. Then he went to Lehigh, and he was the first player drafted out of the private school Lehigh, which is uh, quite an accomplishment, I guess. But for him, yeah, I mean, I think, in my opinion, when you look at his numbers, he was definitely deserving of it. When you look at his first couple years in the league, he was more of a role player on those teams. uh, And he jumped all the way back up to uh, 20.8 points a game 
in the uh, 2015 season uh, when he won. So, and 42% from three. And then ever since then, he's been pretty solid all around, considered a great second player to Dame and a big part of why Portland is where it is every year and almost competing for the Western Conference. So, overall, I think it's a good selection. Uh, a guy who probably was undersized most of his career and wasn't expected to be as impactful as he is. So I think they definitely got to ride with this one. And that's kind of what the award embodies. Yeah, totally agree with that. You know, in terms of notable Lehigh uh, alumni, Lehigh Akoka, that's just fun to say. So <laughs> just wanted to uh, throw that out there in terms of, you know, Lehigh shout out. But, um, in the CJ, it, it's interesting to me, and like you know, Brendan, love to hear your take on it. But uh, CJ being you know third Trailblazer to win the award, like Kevin Duckworth, Zach Randolph, but also he's never made an All Star team. Do you think that CJ is underrated or overrated? Wow, good question. Wasn't ready for that. Most improved. Um, McCollum is. I, I I don't know. I, I get the sense that he's mostly like well rated. Um, he is he's the perfect almost all star player. I, I think that's like what what he does. He, you know, shooting guard in any conference ever. Um, you know, I was gonna say the Western Conference, but in reality, like either one. You know, these are studs. Shooting guard is where the Kobe's, the Michael Jordans. You know, like even just like the guys who are gonna score twenty seven points and be the leading, like, leader on their teams um, come from. He's not that player, right? He, he's with Dame, um, and Dame's clearly the leader on, on that team. So I think well-rated. Um, you know, he, he's not quite that all-star player, although I hope he, you know, I hope he gets one or two. Um, and, yeah, but as far as most improved player, what really stood out to me, and John mentioned it, was the, the 42% from three. You know, he went from someone that was, like, starting no games, averaging, I think, like, six points per game his first few few years, and then to, to blow up into a 21-point-per-game player, 42% from three. Um, you know, that that's that's what this award um, really, I, I think, you know, stands for just if, if you define it in the dictionary, like most improved player. He went from someone that was, uh, you know, still drafted pretty high, which, which is, is important to say, but – um, this was his breakout year, and it was it was um, really great to see. So, just putting a little more context around his breakout year too. So the um, it was the first year without Lamarcus Aldridge. So if you think about old school Blazers, were supposed to be Brandon Roy, Lamarcus Aldridge, um, running the show, and then Greg Oden didn't pan out, right? So they this was their reset, getting rid of Aldridge, and they they barely missed a beat. They just they missed the playoffs one year. Um, and then just jumped right back into the playoffs for the last, I mean, since 2015, 2016. They've been in the playoffs every year with uh, with Dame and CJ. So, um, you know, he began the modern era uh, trailblazers with Dame. You could say that it was it was CJ and not Dame that really made him make the playoffs with that uh, past few years. So um, really, uh, really deserving in my mind. Started 80 games. Um, last thing I'll just lead off or let, um, end with is he was a top 20 scorer in the league th- this year, this 2015-2016 year, and a top 10 three-point shooter. So, you know, with numbers like that coming, um, you know, off of two or three years of, that, of, of not doing much, um, this is the most improved player. He crushed it. 
Well said. Well said. Yeah, totally agree with that. Uh, good for CJ. He made a bunch of money after this as well. And like, you know, he's 29 years Wasn't old. Wasn't a contract year? I like that. We should start noting that for every player. Like most of your player on a contract I don't think year. it was his contract year. All right. Because that's something that like might be well, I might I'll go back and look at last uh, last week's pod too. But that's something that stands out to me of like a guy having a breakout year. Oh uh, yeah, everybody wants to get paid. But I do agree with you. He is well rated. He's not overrated, underrated. Yeah, Shane, yeah. were you were you leading anywhere with that? You, you have your thoughts? Oh, I think he's overrated. Um, okay. Yeah. No, I like. It's a cool story. Um, I mean, he's made $117 million in, uh, in his career. And, and during this time, you know, he was making 2.5 a season. Then the next season he got 3.2 and then he signed a three year, hundred million dollar contract and then got an extension off that. So he's crushing it. Um, good for him. And like, I love stories of like small school guys though, but I just think that he, there's a lot of rumors for him for Ben Simmons. And if that happens, like the trailblazers get a steal. Cause I just don't think that he's anywhere close, but that's just my take. I mean, they'd have to throw in one of my favorites. Uh, um, Robert Covington. It would have to be Covington, some picks, CJ. <laughs> uh, you know, that, that that would have to be how that works out. But, uh, no, I don't know. I, I think he's – I still stick to him being well-rated. Um, yeah, excited to see him and Dave have another year. Hopefully they can stay healthy, too. We can't forget that they just haven't – they haven't had a healthy team. Uh, he wasn't that healthy this past year. Yeah, yeah. I actually think CJ on Philly would actually be pretty good. I think he would fit with what they got going on there pretty nicely. Yep. I think he's a great number two. He's like Clay Thompson almost. Like he just knows his role and he does it well. I think one one caveat with that though, who's the point guard for the 76ers? Austin, not Austin Rivers isn't there anymore. Shit. Uh, John, John so, Wall. Clearly no, John Wall. Who was, uh, it's, uh, it would be Seth Curry. Seth Curry, or, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Seth Curry's a point guard? No. He's, he, Seth, Seth Curry's he's a shooting guard. And same similar. as CJ. CJ and Seth are very similar players. <laughs> but both champ- – I think they're championship level. I mean, CJ's players. way better than Seth Curry. Let's just get that out of the way. Yeah. I'm a big Seth Curry fan too, but CJ is better. I know they – I wasn't joking that much when I said. And then John Shane, Wall. you know who they get? They get your boy John Wall to run point. Yeah. On the cheap. I uh, that that team, I'm not gonna lie, is fascinating. And I'm interested. <laughs> like I, I am not. It, I'm sold. Put it on. I want to watch it. Uh, you have CJ McCollum and Seth Curry, who are both six two. With John Wall, who's six two, that backcourt can't defend anyone. But boy, are they electric from three! And well, that's the main thing, actually. So you don't lose McCall- if you score more than the other team. The main <laughs> difference between McCollum and Clay Thompson is that Clay Thompson's an elite defender. Big, no, big, yeah, I, I meant I meant more so for his complementary skills off of Steph Curry. Like Dame is obviously the show in Portland, right? And but CJ is an excellent number two because he knows what he's got to do. Yeah, and he lets Dame do his thing. Yeah, yeah. I honestly, it'd be strange to see Damon playing the two on that team with Ben Simmons. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because Dame needs the ball and Ben Simmons. I mean, Ben Simmons is just good defensively, but yeah. he doesn't right, well, want the ball. Anyway. Well, I want to talk about CJ. Last couple of things I just want to hit on that we had noted. He got a landslide victory for most improved player this year, 101 votes out of 130 first-place votes. And this stood out to me because the number of fucking votes every year changes. <laughs> we yeah. talked about last time, there was like 100. And so then we'll notice in other years that I was looking into for this pod, there was like 129. So what happened? Someone died? Like, I, I, I'm interested to see how they, they, they figure out these votes. I'm still confused. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fascinating. But uh, let's move on and kind of see what happens in uh, 2014, 2015. So that year is very interesting. One of my favorites, Jimmy Butler wins. Uh, you know, second place was Draymond Green. Third place was Rudy Gobert. Uh, just to give a little background for our listeners on uh, Jimmy Butler, 30th pick out of Marquette. 2013 14 stats he had 13 points a game 28 percent from three 40 percent field goal then the year he won 2014 15 he had a team high 20 points a game 46 uh percent from field goal 38 percent from three and he got uh 92 out of 129 first place votes it was also his first uh all-star year and he was career high in scoring, rebounding, and assists. And he was the first Bull to win the award since the inception of, you know, 1985-86 when this award was, uh, you know, completed. But the one thing that I kind of love about Jimmy Butler is uh, shout out to our friends Luke Hennigan and, uh, and Molly Allaire. You know, Jimmy Butler started his college career at Tyler, Texas which is Molly's whole hometown and uh, also hometown of Johnny Manziel. So good things happened in Tyler. And he was a homeless high schooler that uh, wound up playing his way into getting into Marquette and super happy for him. He's a grinder. What do you guys think of uh, Jimmy Butler's most improved player season? Brendan? Well, um, he, I think he he fits in some ways. Uh, if you really take in the whole story, like you you presented it, um, you know, great great to see the kind of like rags to riches, hard worker, be able to step up his uh, his game, first year All Star. Um, he had some uh, some tight competition though. Uh, I think this this is one of those ones that you know we could deep dive a little bit into into who could have won and and why he won. Because there's Draymond Green and Rudy Gobert, both. Um, this is maybe one of the first years we have three completely successful candidates that really they, like busted out um, on, onto the scene. I think it's pretty close. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm interested to hear. I don't know. Hear a little bit more, John. Well, you have, you have thoughts on Jimmy? Yeah, I mean. I love Jimmy, and obviously he's always referred to as a gritty player. He's great defensively, which is also part of the reason why he won this award, if I remember correctly, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, his defense on that Bulls team was... Yeah, he, he was there. an elite, the, elite defensive player coming to this season, and then this was like his like breakout offensively, too. I mean, I think when you when people think of Jimmy Butler, they don't remember him as the 30th pick. So from that regards, and looking at his earlier stats, he obviously improved drastically and became 
a good piece for the Bulls that they probably didn't think they were necessarily getting, so to speak. Um, and obviously, he's always bet on himself, which I love about him. Uh, been on like four or five teams, which is kind of rare for a superstar outside of Durant. And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I think for this particular case, he's definitely deserving of it. If you look at where his beginning of his career was, um, Marquette, not really a powerhouse NBA team, NBA school outside of him and Steve Novak. So what, what else you got? Uh, don't forget about Dwayne Wade, but I, oh uh, well, yeah, true. All right. I, I love true. Steve Novak call out because what a hero discount, double check. Glad you stole that away from Aaron Rodgers. but, uh, I digress looking at the stats friend, just to, uh, get everybody up to date. Like, Draymond really did have an unreal season as well. He was an all-star too. He had 14 points, nine and a half rebounds, and uh, seven, 7.4 assists. So he he had a monster season. And Gobert uh, started, he was 23 years old. He had nine points, 11 rebounds, and uh, 2.2 blocks. So he kind of started to form into the player that we know now as the stifle tower and, you know, Draymond green being the dancing bear. It was kind of two qual nicknames that I had to call out, <laughs> but uh, it's good competition, but I, I think we all agree. Like J- Jimmy, Jimmy deserved this. No. Yeah, yeah I, I think so too. Uh, so just to jump into you. So um, we th- this was when Rudy Gobert started to start. So he started 37 games in 82 that year that he played in. And then from then on, uh, I'm looking at it, he started every single game for the rest of his career except for one. So this was the year where he um, really had the opportunity. And it was only his second year in the league. He said the last time, it's like, how do you win your, your second year in the league? Because – you only have one year to base it off of that you've improved off of. And like getting drafted to the NBA now, you get drafted when you're so young and, you know, you aren't possibly developed at all. So like developing in your second year is, is still even ahead of time. So I think that's still a little confusing for me for most improved. I almost expect someone like Jimmy Butler that had, what year was Jimmy Butler? It was 2011. Yeah. Had a couple of years to like, you know, show that he can do, he can be an NBA player, but not, like an elite player in this out of nowhere, he kind of just became an elite player. Like people didn't see this offensive burst. Him. Um, and with the offensive burst, you know, some, some little stats I have here. So he raised his field goal percentage um, 6.5%, which this is just i I'm reading this. So forgive me, but ranked second um, to Harrison Barnes amongst all players with a, a large amount of field goal attempts in the last two seasons. So those two seasons, so, like, first off, shout out to Harrison Barnes for raising his field goal percentage. But um, that's that's really what happened. Jimmy Butler was already coming into actually another note. This was this was his contract year, so he came into his contract year, elite defender, and then raised his field goal percentage, showed that he could also be an elite scorer. Um, honestly, I'm surprised he didn't fizzle out after this. This to me is something like if I'm thinking about fantasy basketball, if I see someone improve this much on his contract year. The next year, I'm like, maybe he got a stat contract. I'm like, maybe he's not someone that I, like, you know, will continue this. Maybe he was highly motivated by that because he's more of a defensive player. Um, like, this is like Lugan's door coming out and scoring 20 points a game next year and being an elite player. 
you know, I don't know if I'd expect that to keep coming, but um, uh, that, that's what Jimmy Butler did. So I out. think that you're not buying stock in Lou Dort. That's what I think. You think Lou Dort's the next Jimmy Butler? Yeah, 46, uh, what, 38% from three, 46% Lou Dort. We are an underrated podcast on Spotify, and this is what we do. We make bold takes. So Lou <laughs> Dort as the next Jimmy Butler, mark it down. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. <laughs> Any last thoughts on, on the Jimmy Butler year? I mean, I also think it's impressive. He averaged 38.7 minutes per game, 38.7 minutes per game. That's, uh, I mean, he's always been known to play a lot of minutes, but it's pretty beast. Yeah, you got to shout out to Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, he led the league in minutes. It's <laughs> that, natural on tip that, That's awesome, though. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, the, supposedly the storyline was that he was, like, butthurt that Clay Thompson got paid more. <laughs> yeah, probably. But, uh... Yeah, well, um, you know, I, I, this guy, he's another one of the players that just raises field goal percentage, raises three-point percentage, raises points, career high in scoring, rebounding, and assists. Like, this is this is becoming a theme that we see, right? Like, at least that is pretty consistent. It's career yeah. highs and, like, scoring, rebounding, and some sort of percentage or in assists. It, and it's more to what you said looking back at it. It's like, I mean, he was a 30th pick, so he has room to grow. If he has, if he does break out like this, it's like, whoa, where did that come from? It's almost like the guys that were picked second overall, like Oladipo, he has to have a bust year. And then people are like, oh, remember, he could do this before he can actually win that award. So it's interesting to see that well, too. Yeah. Yeah. So we're starting to see kind of a uh, change in the tides as, you know, the most recent years that we went into, as you said, like higher draft picks are winning. And now we're seeing kind of like diamonds in the rough. Like the fact that Draymond Green, who was like the 32nd pick, was also the runner-up for uh, when Jimmy won is pretty impressive as well. Yeah, but Tramon Green, to me, also, he was on the best team almost ever, right? That was not the year they won 72 games, 73 games, whatever it was. But he's uh, it's easy to be more improved on a team like that versus a team like Jimmy Butler where you have to go out and earn it, in my opinion, which is why I think Jimmy deserved it more than him as well. It's a good point. And then uh... – while we're diving into it in terms of people that earned it. This is a guy that I feel like has kind of had an underrated NBA career. Um, very good point guard, shooting guard. He, he's uh, bounced around, but uh, Goran Dragic won in 2013-2014. Second place was Lance Stevenson, and then very surprising, third place was a young Anthony Davis. AD. So there's a lot to unpack there, but uh, just to give quick synopsis on Gorin, you know, he was second round pick 2008, 45th overall pick, seven points, three assists. Uh, 2012-13 stats was 14.7, 7.4 assists. And then uh, 2013-14 when he won this award, he had 20 points, 5.9 assists, 51 percentage from a uh, field goal and 41% from three. Uh, Brendan, what, what do you think of uh, Drogic in terms of, you know, winning this and also like who was second and third? I, I love this year. This was one I had a, a lot of fun looking into because, um, you know, f- first off the, the big names that were behind them. So like, like you said, kind of underrated career, um, Goran Drogic, 
been been really productive since this year. But uh, win over Lance Stevenson and Anthony Davis, who was in his second year. So we we know it's not impossible, but also when you're the number one pick, like how surprising could it be? Like how most improved could you be? Um, but you know what really stood out to me for for Dragic was that um, he improved his scoring by about let's say five or six points, um, reduced his assists. So this is this is interesting. This is like a, a kind of like a newer thing. We're just kind of rolling off of my planned, but fewer assists. Um, and he, he seemingly won, I'm interested to hear more like what you guys think, but he seemingly won on his percentages, which is awesome. So he, he raised his, uh, field goal percentage from 44 to 51 and his three point percentage from 31 to 41%. That's insane. Like to really go 10% higher in three point. Um, and it, this was on a, on a son's team that, um, that just got much better. So he, he got more efficient. Um, scored more uh, on, on a team that got better. Um, uh, I, I like it, and I'm actually surprised almost that I think the the, the these mystery voters like got it right. Um, they they got it right on an improved team, a player that really made a huge impact on on getting more wins. And I, I think getting more wins is you know how you can really tell if someone got better. John, what do you think about uh, Dragic? Yeah, I mean, I think same thing off of what um, Brendan just said. I think when you look at his percentages, he just became way more efficient in a bigger role on a better team. I believe that this was the year that Chris Paul left as well, no? Or not Chris Paul, Steve Nash, right? Oh, maybe. I know that he was playing next to Chris, to Eric Bledsoe. Was this 2013? Is that the year that Nash left? Just trying to look it up now, but I think he was there to replace Nash. Thought I saw that earlier, and I mean, when you look, when you think about it like that, going in to replace the franchise legend, probably who he was drafted to kind of play behind to become anyway. Back in the day with them, this was his second stint with them. Uh, I think he stepped it up, and that's deserving of the win to me. And then, I mean, I know you guys are all high on Lance Stevenson, but the best thing he ever did was blow in the bronze ear and make that meme. <laughs> yeah, Lance. Lance, when I looked at it, just he did improve. Like he went from like a nobody, yeah, to, to like, somebody, to like blowing in LeBron's ear, like <laughs> <laughs> to becoming a past there. Yeah, that was his big step. Up. It looks like this was um, it looks like this was the second year without uh, Steve Nash. So they kind of okay. sucked. If you look at it, they like sucked um, big time the first year without Nash, twenty five and fifty seven, and then they then they I, don't know, I mean I guess Dragic improved. They went up to 48 um, and 34 this year. So it was like they lost Nash, and then I guess they rebuilt a little bit. Um, quickly for, for me, um, you know, going back to the competition, I, I like looking at this too because it's like who could have won, and the, the these voters decided to uh, to go with um, our man Gorin. Uh, so Anthony Davis, you know, we already kind of went to him. He's pretty clear. He went up from 13 points to 20 points, so some pretty similar improvement to Dragic, but you know, not quite like the like the pop off the page 10% improvement um, in, in like percentages. Uh, so there were definitely improvements I expected from your rookie year as the first overall pick. But someone I wanted to just jump um, or toss out there as a possible win um, is Isaiah Thomas. So I, I looked into this. He he should have been the running this year. This was Isaiah Thomas's. And this is like miniature Isaiah Thomas. Um, 
his breakout looked a little bit to me like the breakout that McCollum had. So he went from like 27 minutes to 35. So, you know, just that like, you know, a nine or eight minute jump um, definitely helps. Field goal percentage improvement, three point percentage actually went down a little bit, but volume wise went up um, seven points per game, more rebounds per game, more assists per game, more steals per game. So like across the board, he improved and, um, and yeah, this is Isaiah Thomas on the, the Kings. This is before he went to, to the Celtics and became the, the, the third leading MVP uh, getter. Um, so, yeah, so I, I just really wanted to toss him out there as someone that looked similar to someone else that has one. Um, but he wasn't even in the top three voting. I mean, that's fascinating on the Isaiah Thomas deep dive. I love that. He was uh, Mr. Irrelevant, too, out of Washington and – he had right? a great career. He, he's the type of guy who, who like, fits for me, right? Like, you're Mr. Irrelevant, and then to really come in and, like, blow up and start averaging 20 points per game, increasing across the board. Um, you know, maybe those Kings didn't win enough. Yeah, it's a bummer uh, to quote Shakira, his hips don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. This is pre-hips. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, no, and, and, like, you know, love Isaiah Thomas but just to uh to finish out on Goran Dragic like uh his career was interesting kind of reminds me and like I'm not comparing him to Steve Nash but it's a little Nash like in that it was kind of wrong place wrong time with like certain things like Nash is drafted to back up Jason Kidd then he goes to you know the Mavericks plays there does well goes back to the Suns they like Goran Dragic is backing up uh steve nash it doesn't work out like he gets traded to the rockets is behind kyle lowry that's tough for him and aaron brooks then he goes back to sons has success wins and you know he bounces around the league a little bit but it it was kind of uh reminded me a little bit of uh nash like he's steve nash light is how i would look at it i don't know john if you have anything to add on that no i just think nash is is better but uh, I get what you're <laughs> saying. The uh, Steve Nash line, I guess, because <clears throat> that's fine. I just think Goran, like, this is his one breakout year, and, like, he's obviously his points decrease after that, becomes a little less efficient. Still shoots around 50% from the field, like, uh, and then dips down when he gets into Miami, but obviously he took Miami to the title game in the bubble. So um, yeah. I just think, again, yeah. he was a guy who was averaging seven. 10 points a game, nothing crazy. And then he comes to the team and rescues him after Steve Nash left. So it was, uh, I think, well-deserved. And more to your Mr. Irrelevant. Like, he was the 45th, 45th pick in the draft. It's almost yeah, pretty irrelevant. Love Not it. Not many guys make that either. So, And also, what, it's, it's just like fifth, fifth or sixth season in the league uh, when he went. So that, that's another, like, that's awesome to point out that he – he was really able to like build a career, stay in the league, and then and then blow up and, and have. A yeah, I mean, he even went overseas and kept playing overseas during the lockout, and then came back to be a bench player on the Rockets before going nice. back to the Suns. So, yeah. And what, last thing for me to know on this is that um, you know Bledsoe, Eric Bledsoe, his his back court mate, um, missed thirty two games. So that's another factor in this most improved player. Um, it goes along with the the same theme of just opportunity. And the opportunity came for Goran this year, and he, he showed up. Yeah, it, it also, and like, you know, last thing, but um, 
the thing that was nice about that Bledsoe injury is that it allowed for the Phoenix Suns to have the weirdest <laughs> team in the league uh, the next year, 2014-15. They traded for Isaiah Thomas, loaded it up with the Morris Twins, P.J. Tucker, T.J. Warren, Brandon Knight, Gerald Green, and Zoran Grodzik, uh Goran's brother, and Reggie Bullock, and they did nothing. They uh, won 39 games. Typical Jeff Hornacek team, but that's just a uh, little <laughs> call out. All right. Jeff. Yeah, I know that one hurts. So uh, <laughs> let's move on to 2012, 2013. John, I, I know that uh, you're a big fan of this player, so I think that you should uh, give a intro on this. Yeah, PG-13, a.k.a. Playoff P. Paul George, the most notorious loser in all of basketball when it counts. But uh, so <laughs> uh, George is drafted uh, 2010, 10th overall out of Fresno State. Um, again, Fresno State, not a powerhouse. So I guess you probably don't expect too much out of him when he gets drafted. The year he won, he beat out. Revis Vasquez and Larry Sanders, Shane's one of Shane's favorite players, Larry Sanders. But uh, stand up, big three. <laughs> um, so just the year prior to uh, winning, 2011-2012, he averaged 12 points a game, five and a half boards, shot 44 from the field and 39 from three. The year he ends up winning in 2012-2013, he jumps up five and a half points, almost to 17 and a half points, seven point six boards per game and 4.1 assists on relatively the same field goal percentage and three-point percentage. Um, I think the big reason why he was a winner of the award was not only because he upped his uh, game significantly for his standards, but, I mean, everybody else who's seen in the past has kind of been over that 20-point threshold, I feel like, when it comes to points per game, and he's only at 17.5. But these are those Pacers teams that are making a run before the Heat formed the big three. And even when they did form the big three, they were always in the picture. And Danny Granger was a big part of that. He gets hurt this year. And uh, Paul George steps up, kind of replaces him, fills in for him nicely, gets uh, the all-star nod this year. And he keeps him in third place in the East, the same place they finished the year before. So I feel like that probably had a lot to do with him getting the nod for most improved, which I feel like, especially when you look at the competition he was up against for the award with the two guys mentioned, I feel like, it's probably well deserved. Yeah, um, I mean this this one, it, it's a little more clear when you look at the competition. So, yeah, like you said, right? You said like Grievous Vasquez and Larry Sanders. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, the voters chose the player that was going to be the better player in the long run. Like it was, it must have been very clear back then. It's even more clear now. Um, Something that, you know, I, I don't have much else to add, but, you know, um, something that, that stood out to me was I like that they chose uh, a guy who improved offensively, but he also improved, like, defensively, right? He was already someone that was like, really, really good defensively. And then for him to put up – some of these some of these stats are insane. Um, he was the only player in the league this year to record at least 140 steals and 50 blocks. Like, he he was tearing up the league defensively. And if you remember George, like, that's how he, he made his his name. Um, and for him to 
it, it's it, it's almost like I'm reiterating what happened with Jimmy Butler, but like he was a defensive player that then just upped upped his offensive game in um, with the opportunity with Granger. Um, you know, I, I think was he hurt this whole season. Um, yeah, I think he only played five games. Only five games, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So for him to have like that impact. Um, I guess this is this is one of those years where I give a little shout out to the voters for recognizing like the on court um, impact of someone. Um, but then again, like previous is Larry Sanders are the other option. So um, yeah, I, I don't think there was there was probably much uh, much debate here. Yeah, don't sleep on General Grievous. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he that was his career year. So yeah, we'll, we'll, let's be honest there. Like they, this is a slam dunk, uh, pun intended. And we can uh, <laughs> go on to the next year, which I think is a little bit more competitive. If it's not more competitive, it's way more interesting than the Paul George, Grievous Vasquez and Larry Sanders sandwich. <laughs> so we can dive in on, uh, 2011, 2012, Ryan Anderson at a cap. You know, he's 2008 21st pick from California. He won in a lockout shortened season. It was 61 games. Uh, 2010 11 stats. You know, he started 14 of 64 games, 10.6 uh, points per game, 39%, three point. And then 11 12, he started 61 games, 39% for three. And, um, you know, 16.1 points per game. I believe this is a Stan Van Gundy special in terms of uh, player. And also, he's on the Magic. So, uh, the Magic have a, uh, a knack for winning these awards. What, what do you guys think of, um, before we dive into who got second, third, fourth, and sixth, what do you guys think of Ryan Anderson? Well, um, so this is his fourth year in the league, and uh, I, 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 I have to pull it up, but he um, he blew up on three points this year. And this was like – this is – if you think about the, the statistical uh, revolution that happened in the NBA that blew towards the, the three-point – like loving three-pointer, um, he was the, the next iteration of Ricard <clears throat> Lewis, right? Like so the, the Orlando – has a knack for it because they get players that that do well on their contract year and leave. Uh, Ryan Anderson went to the Pelicans after this. Like it's something that um, Orlando picks high picks and they give young players opportunity and they get a chance to, to blow up. And Ryan Anderson, um, 2011, 2012, uh, I guess he only shot 39% from, from three. Um, lockout shortened year. Maybe it was it was a volume. That's what it was. Yeah, he had the he had the most three pointers in the league that year. So it was not just having a, a basically a 40 percent uh, um, uh, shooting from three, but also leading the league in in volume of three. So um, you know it, it, it's tough once we do get into the the competition, but um, you know that that's what I can see. Shortened season, he was chucking up threes and, and making an impact on a bad team. John, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like um, certain other players got robbed in this year. Quite frankly, I feel like uh, 
yeah, Ryan Anderson proved his uh, his own statistics. That's great. He shot more threes, made a few more of them. All well and good. Career high scoring, career high rebounding, and career high minutes. It 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 it's starting to. It's really that's the trend. I mean, just one guy, especially as a Nick fan, that stands out. Even though I'm not the biggest Linsanity guy, Jeremy Lin. I mean, come on, what are to we doing? Moon. To the moon. He's, he's granted. Once Melo got back, he didn't let him play anymore, so that probably ended his bid. But it was uh, that was the most exciting run for Knicks ever, and that was arguably one of Lin's best seasons in the NBA, even though he only played a handful of games, 35 games, I think it was. But um, the other player who's a little further down on the list, also the same kind of caliber of player, is a man by Steve, the name of Steve Novak, who was mentioned earlier in this podcast. And his, let's look him up, stats from that year. Talk about a guy who goes, <clears throat> comes in the league, only averaging under five points a game gets to that year. He goes up to 8.8 points a game, but he's shooting a career best 47% from three on 5.2 attempts. Like, come on, on a playoff-bound Nick team, that's the guy that should have won, in my opinion. Yeah, he was an electric factory that year, and uh, no doubt his sex appeal was the highest it's ever been. And um, outside of, you know, (laughs) outside of Wisconsin, but uh, yeah, I good for Steve Novak. You know, one other uh, the guy who got second is a pod favorite. You know, we've we've done a deep dive on him before. Ursan Ilasova, also known as Arsan Ilasov. You know, <laughs> he's uh, he's allegedly three years older. He's a, allegedly from Uzbekistan instead of Turkey. It's a whole thing. Look it up. You know, if you want, uh, DM me. Listen, uh, listen to our uh, pod from uh, listen ago. to listen to an earlier pod. Really did deep deep dive on uh, Ursan Ilasova. Also, another guy, another pod favorite. Uh, just quick, Nikola Pekovic. Um, he wow. was great on deep stories on this. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Did I dive in on him? Brandon? Yeah, I think I think we've I think we've got into his story before. Too. Yeah, he's a Serbian murderer. <laughs> um, and we can we can, tattoo. You know, yeah, yeah, he's another fascinating pick. And then Andrew Bynum, you know, the list goes on. Andrew Bynum's one of the uh, the best that never was. So I don't know if you guys have anything to add in terms of those three, uh, you know, fascinating NBA players. Yeah, I just think this year was kind of a down year for the uh, NBA in terms of most improved, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it was so clearly Jeremy Lin. He just, like... This is actually a great year to study as we're doing because he was clearly the most improved player, clearly, but yeah. he didn't play enough of the season. So, like, this is kind of the litmus test of how many games you have to play. Jeremy Lin didn't play enough of them. So, where do they go next? They go to the, the player that, that set career highs in scoring, shooting, or scoring, rebounding, threes attempted, threes made, minutes played. Like, it, it's just kind of like, they, they fell back on their, like, old laurels, the, the, these voters. Um, and I, th- I think something that's interesting just, like, to take from this is it doesn't seem like it has to do with the eye test. I, I don't – I'm not getting anything – like, like I'm not getting so much through the eye test. This is – this seems pretty statistical of an award. Like, they're, they're really going with, like, 
like and i know i know john's made a, an argument for like kind of like a story or like the most popular um i don't know i'm, I'm seeing definitely that's the most consistent thing i'm seeing is improvements across the board um not even necessarily on a winning team but how, how was do we have how this orlando magic team did this year yes um they they won 37 and 29 and they lost in the first round one to or you know one to four to the indiana pacers yeah, it, they didn't even they made the playoffs, but like, where what what, what seed were they? It says they were third in the the Southeast Division. That doesn't sound that's not good. <laughs> like so, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I don't know, John. How do you feel? How do you feel about this? Uh, like this season fitting into like your your idea that you had at last pod. Um, and we haven't really gone too much into this this pod about um. Uh, it the stories. Like, I feel like it's so. I feel like as we've gotten deeper into it and the the yesteryears, and maybe it's because it's not as fresh in our minds, right? We're not remembering all the media hype around these guys, but I do feel like it's less of a story with all five of these guys, as much of or a popularity contest. I feel like when you look at the first five guys we did, it was yeah, it's Giannis who was like a perennial MVP now Julius Randle who's like in the news right and statistically I'm sure there was other guys that were better so I feel like you're right in this one it seemed to trend more towards the stats and more towards those lower tier guys who actually stepped up and made a difference but to all these guys credit once they did win that most improved outside of Ryan Anderson they all kind of carved out nice careers for themselves so yeah this 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 is a tight year I feel like uh and I, I don't want to I just, I, I think this year, I think the 2011, 2012 year in specific, I just think, again, I'm like, it's, I feel like it's hard because they're picking, they can't pick from the top tier of the league. And then in a shortened year with the lockout and everything, maybe that's why. Yeah, I maybe. Because, uh, I mean, as we saw last pod, like, they can choose from the top tier of the league. Like, they chose, like, Highly drafted. No, players. I know, but all those like Giannis wasn't like they weren't where they are now when they were picking him and Julius. The Knicks finished fourth, I guess, but um, I, I don't know. It's interesting. I'm, yeah. I'm wondering if this trend will continue in terms of lesser known players as we go back. Like you're like to John's point, it's all household names that won from 2016 to present. Like not like Julius Randall played in a big market. Like we're not going to lie. Like New York, he was on, you know, TV all time drafted by the Lakers. Like people know who he is in NBA circles and not as many fans knew who Ryan Anderson was, but he was somebody who improved. And like, that's kind of why he won. Right. Yeah. And I I think, you know, a a little something with the storyline that I touched on earlier um, but it has to do with the, the, the three-point revolution in the NBA. So I have it here. So he made – Brian Anderson made um, 166 three-pointers in a, in a shortened season um, and led the NBA. Now, in a shortened season last year, which we, ju- we just had, Steph Curry made 337. Now, my math's not perfect. But that's double. <laughs> so, like, that's the other thing is, like, 
he was ahead of the curve, and maybe that's something that the voters kind of saw. It's like, oh my god, this guy's like blowing up the league. Maybe, maybe he was more impactful than than the stats even say, um, because he was able to stretch the floor on unlike we've seen before. Yeah, I can get behind that. I mean, that Magic team did finish sixth in the East that year that they won and the year prior. <clears throat> they finished fourth, though, so I'm to scratch that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> where, where's Hito where's Turkey glue in this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, we'll talk about him. Just not <laughs> well, on the I'm sure he won, Got to keep the – got to – Keep the people wanting, wanting more information from. Yeah, this is my Hito, my Hito teaser. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys have any uh, parting thoughts for the fans? Well, I hope uh, you guys are liking this uh, this deep dive into the most improved player. You know, I, I I'm definitely enjoying it. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I don't know if we want to start predicting players for this upcoming season yet. Uh, definitely learning a lot about uh, about the, these these uh, these awards and um, the league. You know how it's evolved, how it's changed, and uh, where we're at right now. So, well, loving it. Yeah, I think this was a good one. I'm looking forward to seeing who won earlier on. If we're going to have some more gems to talk about, yes. All right. Thanks so much for being with us. Look forward to talking to you all next week. Bye, everybody.